But well, but but that's what's dope about those reaction videos and also the, the people who break down the lyrics and they mm -hmm. show you like, okay, he was hitting these syllable schemes right here. Every single syllable, there's five syllables there mm -hmm. or seven. Right. And he was hitting these right here. And he started a new syllable scheme, rhymed with that syllable scheme, and then came back at the end and rhymed with the first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that that helps people like really- To understand the genius. Yeah. Before we get into the meaning, check out this scheme of mostly five syllable rhymes. I grow out of sight, my go out of mind, my go without a fight, tight rope out of twine, spiral down or wine. Now look at how cool the rhyming is here. You have two rhyming patterns put together, Marlon Wayne's, Shard Remains, Charlemagne, but also Main the God with 8 o'clock, Lorena Bob, and before that, Tater Top. Yo, what's good? My name is Reginald, a.k.a. The R Star, a.k.a. Mr. Straight Fire. And this is Underbashly Reggie's Breakdown Analysis Reaction to Eminem's Darkness. Before we start, if you enjoyed this video at any moment, please hit the like button. And if you haven't already subscribed to my channel, please subscribe and hit the bell button. That way you can get notified as soon as I release a new video. I do a lot of Eminem rap song breakdown. And if you would like the audio version only of this video, please check out all your podcast services. And if you want to support this channel, the best way possible is to go on patreon.com slash unabashedlyreggie. For only a dollar a month, you can get the full rhyme sheet and sometimes you get the extended version of the videos, just like this one. So the way I do this, first I'll talk about the song and give you my reaction on it, and then I'll break down the song and highlight the rhyming. But if you want to go directly to that part, the breakdown, check out the description because there are time codes. But now, on to the song. Darkness was released on January 17th, 2020 on Eminem's 11th studio album, Music To Be Murdered By. A music video was also released along the album. As of this recording, it peaked at number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100. It's produced by Eminem, Louis Resto, and Royce the 5'9". Royce actually earned his first producer credits with Darkness and also you gonna learn another track on Eminem's album. In an interview with Billboard.com, Royce explained how the track came about. Royce sent Slim the Darkness beat and M wrote to it and said, yo, I got something to that beat, send me the stems. The stems being every part of the beat to load up in a beat making software. Afterwards, M and Resto added more instruments to it. He also said that when he sent the beat to Eminem, he didn't actually expect him to rap on it. He just sent it more to see where he was at as a beat maker because it's something new for Royce. Darkness, as you probably already know, is about the evening of the October 1st, 2017 Las Vegas shooting, which is the deadliest mass shooting committed by a person in the history of the United States. 58 people lost their lives and the shooter also killed himself. This song is from the perspective of the murderer, but it is written in a masterful way to also be from the perspective of both a version of Eminem in his hotel room as well as the shooter. In this video, you will notice that I will never say the name of the killer, but will refer to him as the shooter, the loner, the gunman, or in other words, because such a horrible human being, his name should not be remembered. Instead, it should be the name of the victims. As I've said in my music to be murdered by review, please go check it out. This song, in terms of writing, is the closest Eminem has come to the caliber of Stan. Mixing concept, message, storytelling, double meaning, and an amazing rhyming scheme makes this song a modern day Shakespeare. Jesus Christ. What a song. 
It's so cool to see that after all those years, Eminem can find new ideas and ways of writing. I feel that he's been inspired a little bit by Jordan Lucas, who's known for those conceptual songs and storytelling. And I wouldn't be surprised that What If I Was Gay, a track that leaked, was written around the same time as this song. It is without a doubt top tier on this Music To Be Murdered By album. But one thing I wish could have been done better is the timing of the video's release. The fact that when I saw the video, it was the first time me hearing the song, it kind of spoiled the double meaning for me. Because when he said Las Vegas, and then you see someone alone in a hotel room in front of a window, that kind of gave it away because I knew how the shooting had occurred. Still though, the concept was genius. I just wish the video had dropped a little bit later in the day. And this track is also remarkable for how factual it is because as you will see as I break down the lyrics, it's pretty impressive to see the amount of research Eminem put into this song, which probably helped him to create the connection between himself and the shooter. And when it comes to the perspective of Eminem in this song, I feel it's a version of Eminem from the encore and when I'm going era. It's a time period where he was starting to get really addicted to drugs and when he didn't know where his career was going, it's arguably one of the lowest points in his career, which explains the nervousness he feels in his hotel room as he's about to perform. So keep that in mind while I do my breakdown. Starting as simple as the Simon and Garfunkel hit, The Sound of Silence, released in 1965. You've probably heard the Hello darkness, my old friend, as it became popular again for its use as memes in parody or remix videos for dramatic effect, like that sad Ben Affleck meme. But the actual song's theme and lyrics definitely fits Eminem's song's content. Although many believe it was commentary on the John F. Kennedy assassination in 1963, based on interviews by both Simon and Garfunkel, the song could have been written before that event. Garfunkel himself has said that the song is about, and I quote, the inability of people to communicate with each other, not particularly internationally, but especially emotionally. So what you see around you are people unable to love each other. You could say that if the shooter had been able to express whatever issue he had in his head, this would not have happened. And the inability to love each other also goes with the hate that filled the shooter. Obviously, the sound of silence is about loneliness, but there are lyrics that fits the incident like the opening lines. Hello darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again, because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains. So those lines go with the gunman's plan, how he plotted his whole thing and had vision of how it would go down. And whatever hateful seed that was in him just grew and grew. And the whole sound of silence and not communicating with each other goes with the ending of darkness where there's no suicide note and we'll never find a motive or a reason why he did this. Alright, this video is not a breakdown of the sound of silence, it's a breakdown of darkness. Since two thirds of this song has a double meaning and are from two perspectives, as I go through the lines, I'll explain them from the perspective of Eminem and the one of the loner. So without further ado, I bring to you Marshall's Darkness Breakdown. The first verse sees Eminem slash the shooter in a hotel and helps to establish his state of mind and exposes us to his drugs and alcohol problems. Here I am alone again, can get out of this hole I'm in. It's like the walls are closing in, you can't help me, no one can. I can feel these curtains closing, I go to open them, but something pulls them closed again. If you're a fan of Eminem like me, the walls are closing in probably reminded you of the opening verse of Eminem on Lil Wayne's Drop the World. And you know when I said this feels like Eminem's state of mind around the encore curtain calls era, those lines about the curtains fits the current call theme, but also that line in When I'm Gone, how could it be that the curtain's closing on me? And in an interview to the radio show Mojo in the Morning, back in the days, M said this. And I'm at a point in my life right now where I feel like I, I don't know where my career is going right now. 
You know, it, it, I, I mean, this is the reason that we call it curtain call because this could be the final thing. We, you know, we don't know. So he felt alone in his own struggle as he was battling with drug addiction, but also with where he was in his career. The curtains opening and closing is M struggling with whether he wants to continue his rap career or not. Plus, you can't help me, no one can. That goes back to his drug problems, because most addicts will tell you that even if people try to help you, at the end of the day, you have to be the person to make the move to go to rehab. From the point of view of the shooter, those first four bars establishes where he is mentally. Similar to Eminem's point of view, curtain closing signifies the end of something. So for the loner, it's as if he tried to control himself, keeping the curtains open and not commit this act where there wouldn't be no turning back from. Feels like I'm loathing in Las Vegas, haven't got the Vegas why I'm so lost, but I'd make you the small wager. If I bet you I'll be in tomorrow's paper, who would the odds favor? Now the location of the scene is revealed, but notice the wordplay he did with using the homophones of Vegas and Vegas, along with Lost and Lost. That's a pretty nice wordplay because it also adds to the state of mind of both M and the loner. Also, Loathing in Las Vegas is probably a reference to the 1998 movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas starring Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro. In this movie, a journalist and a lawyer go to Vegas and indulge in recreational drugs. So that's a time with the drug consumption in its first. As you all know, Vegas is known for casinos and gambling, of course, but what makes the I'd make you the small wager Wager being a bet, so specific is the fact that the loner was a high-stakes gambler who would place wagers so high that he was a familiar face to casino hosts. Again, that goes back to what I said earlier, M did his research on this stuff so well. But what did he mean by that? That he bet he'll be in the paper. From the loner's side, well, after the event, an event like that, for sure it makes the newspaper. For people committing acts like that, it's often what they want, attention and infamy. But on Eminem's side, he's thinking about what would happen if he would overdose and die. Something that almost happened back in 2007. I can bet you he would have made the paper. Thank God he made it to the hospital less than two hours early. Let's continue. I'm so much like my father, you would think that I knew him. Indeed, both Eminem and the shooter have fathers whose negative traits must have been passed down to their son. The shooter's father was a bank robber who was on the FBI's most wanted list between 1969 and 1977. During one of his arrests, he tried to run over an FBI agent with his car, so the shooter has a history of violence in his family. Plus, the father served in the Navy, so just like his father, the shooter was comfortable with handling guns. When it comes to Eminem's father, because he had his pennies up in a bunch and split, we don't know a lot about him. But a September 2000 feature in the San Diego Read reported that Marshall's father was attending the Alcoholics Anonymous. Although we know Eminem never had no problem with alcohol, a penchant for self-medicating with drugs or liquor could have been the gene received from his father's drug addict trait. Moreover, according to the shooter's brother, they didn't grow up with their father, and their mom even told them he was dead, so both had dear old dad that they zero had. I keep pace in this room, Valium, then chase it with booze. One little taste it'll do, maybe I'll take it and snooze, then tear up the stage in a few. This part reminds me so much of Deja Vu on Relapse. On the first verse of Deja Vu, he talks about how he starts using prescription drug called Valium. Then in the second verse, he talks about consuming alcohol. So just like in that line, Valium, then chasing it with booze. Booze being a slang for alcohol. Now here's a little fact. Volume's actual drug is diazepam, and it produces a calming effect. Now, if you've played Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, you know that you can use diazepam to help you with a sniper rifle, as it will reduce the shaking. Interestingly enough, or sadly enough, that ties in with what will happen later in the song. 
Shifting back to the shooter, he was known to be a heavy drinker. On top of that, it's been reported that he failed prescriptions for Valiums many times, including four months prior to the unfortunate event. Tear the stage in a few. Damn, like how can one line mean something so dope and so dark at the same time? On one hand, seeing Eminem when he rips the stage and stare at it in half, it's an adrenaline rush. But when you think how the shooter envisioned tearing up the stage, it gets so dark quickly. That line made me go, whoa. Fuck the cold 45, I'ma need something stronger. If I pop any caps, it better be off of vodka. Round after round after round, I'm getting loaded. That's a lot of shots, huh? Double in tundra. I was rolling my eyes if you're an audio listener. As I said in my review of the album, I thought that double entendre ad-lib was a bad idea. And you guys can defend it all you want, but not only was it cringy, it kind of gives away even more the concept of the song. But I do like that entendre kind of rhymes with shot some. At least he did that. But that's not the only thing that sort of spoils it. You can call it foreshadowing, but that line is very thin. In those last bars, he does this very great wordplay, well, double entendre, with alcohol and guns, but you hear sounds effect of guns, and I think it only should have been sound effects related to alcohol. Regardless, that part is amazing writing. You see, a Colt 45 is a 45 caliber pistol from the firearm company Colt, but it's also a brand of beer, specifically a brand of malt liquor that can fuck you up quicker than if you're white and you're saying the word then pop any cap isn't just removing the cap off of a bottle, something you might already know if you saw my Lord Above video, go check it out. To pop a cap is a slang for firing a gun, then after that, he used words that have double entendre, double meanings related to guns and alcohol, with rounds, which is the casing of a bullet, but also each time alcohol is served to a group of person. It's called a round. Remember like Obi Tri's second album, Second Rounds on Me. Loaded like a gun, but it's also a slang for being drunk and shot as in taking a shot of vodka. That was a very creative set of bars. Now second verse, it gets worse. The shooter and Eminem are still in their room, but their state of mind degenerates. Level of intoxication increases as they get ready to hit the stage. Let's look at it. Now I'm staring at the room service menu off of Benzo. I can hear the music continue to crescendo. I can see the whole fucking venue from my window. That's when you know you're schizo. Benzo is short for benzodiazepine, which is a family of medicine that Valium is part of, so it's another reference to the drug they're they are consuming in the song. Now, I don't know if Eminem knew this, but the shooter actually ordered room service the day of the act. I know it's not an uncommon thing to do when you're at a hotel, but it still could show how impressive its research for this song was. Crescendo here means the music gets louder and louder. Usually in a concert, the volume of the music stays the same, so the purpose of that line is to show us their state of mind, plus sometimes when on drugs, your senses are heightened. Also, the shooter was on the 32nd floor of the hotel, that's why you could see the venue. And for the schizo part, I'll explain this as we look at the next lines. Cause I keep picking out the curtain from the hotel, the music is so loud, but it's almost as though I don't hear no sound. I should get ready for the show now. Wait, is this the whole crowd? I thought this shit was sold out. Notice how I don't hear no sound goes with the simple title, Sound of Silence. But let's go back to the schizo part. Schizo is short for the mental illness known as schizophrenia. How many people got it? If you ever wondered, well, they say about 0.3 to 0.7 of people with males being more affected. Major symptoms include hallucinations like hearing voices and being delusional. Other symptoms include social withdrawal. And that goes with the theme of loneliness of this song. Adding to that, many people with that illness also have anxiety disorder. So the fact that the character keeps looking through the curtains shows some sort of anxiety 
and erratic behavior. But more on the shooter's side, when he sees the venue, he sees what he's about to do. So that's related to mental illness. What makes the last two lines so dope as double meaning is the fact that we know that when Eminem was at his lowest, he had a lot of self-doubt. So I can imagine an addict Eminem seeing a small crowd starting to panic and thinking his popularity is decreasing. But from the loner's view, it makes you sick because He's disappointed and panicking because a small crowd means less victims. Moreover, the attendance at that festival on that day was 22,000, something the shooter knew. Wacko at any second about to cancel the show was fans below rushed the entrance, blame is the goal direction, cameras are all direction. The rhyming in this whole song is nice, but specifically here, I feel it's amazing because of how seamless it is, yet very complex. Cancel the show just. Fans below rush, then plan is a go. Plus, he creates homophones with direct shit and directions. From Marshall's perspective, the drug makes him anxious and he starts to think nobody will show up to the show, which is irrational since he always sold out his shows. But this irrational thinking makes him want to cancel the show for no reason. Fun fact, Eminem did cancel shows back in 2005. He canceled four concerts in the UK and Ireland as he was being treated for exhaustion complicated by other medical issues. At least that's what his rep says. Maybe it was a cover-up. Was it the methadone think? And for the shooter, I don't know. Every time I hear the lines from his perspective, it makes me so uncomfortable. Here, the cancellation of the show would of course be due to the repulsive act he's about to commit. Direct shit is another way of saying to tear the stage like he said previously. For cameras in all directions, if you see the video, it's easy to understand what he means. The gunman had set up a camera system outside the hotel room. That way he could see when police or security would come after him. Crazy stuff. On the brighter side, M also refers to how when he takes the stage, people will put out their cameras and phones. Let's continue. The press about to go ape shit, bananas on all the networks, commando with extra clips, I got ammo for all the ecklers. Ape shit is a slang meaning to go crazy as well as going bananas, and that also relates to apes. Bananas also has a second meaning. He's referring to an actual gun clip. A clip is a device used to load a magazine like on a semi or automatic weapon, and they have the shape of bananas. So you see, the shooter had 24 guns in his hotel room, including AR-15s and AR-10s with armor-piercing bullets. The room had more than a thousand spent gun shell casing and more than 5,000 unused rounds of ammo. Guns could be found all over the beds, the floor, and even in the bathtub. Those guns were shown on the news and the gunman knew they would show it, therefore he knew banana clips would be on all the networks. A heckler is someone at a show who tries to disturb the show by yelling things at the artist. More often, that's something that happens at a comedy show or a play. From Eminem's perspective, his animals are his words, obviously his words are weapon, a metaphor he often makes. So he's ready to fire back at anyone trying to mess with his show, but also all his critics who attend his show to then go the next day and rip apart by giving bad reviews to his show. But when it comes to fans actually messing up with his show, here's how Eminem handled a heckler at a show in San Francisco in 2001. It's when I say Detroit, I want you... Don't start disrespecting mine, you fucking punk.
From the shooter's perspective, it's possible that Hecklers has two meanings. Actual Hecklers disturbing the show because he was going to fire at everyone, but there's also a German firearm company called Heckler & Koch. So he would be saying that he has ammunition for all his Eckler and Koch guns, but based on a quick research I did, among all the guns found in his hotel room, there wasn't any Heckler and Koch guns. So that's why I said Hecklers could have two meanings. Next lines. I'm armed to the teeth, another volume fall off the bed, hit the ground and crawl to the dresser, alcohol on my breath is... Those lines continue how intoxicated on Valium and alcohol the character is and how addicted he is to the drug, to the point where he crawls out to get the remaining pill. And from Slim's point of view, that's probably based on a real event, I think. If you remember on Hello on Relapse, he raps, I lose a pill and I'm recklessly wrecking the house, and then he eventually finds it in the couch. Now I could be reaching a bit, but Armed to the Thief could also have a double meaning because since he's talking about Valium right after, it could mean that he's taking the pill to his mouth teeth with his hand arm. Could be a reach, but something to think about. As I reach for the scope, I'm blacking out, I'm all out of meds with benzodiazepines gone now, it's just magazines sprawled out on the floor. Fuck the media, I'm going all out, this is war. A great double entendre here that's explained with the video is reaching out for the scope. We know the shooter is armed like a soldier, so when he's reaching out for the scope, we assume it's a rifle scope, that device that allows you to see a target from far. But as you see in the video, when M says that, before the loner takes the actual rifle scope, he's almost grabbing a mouthwash. A popular American brand of mouthwash is called Scope, and since right before he mentions his breath smells like alcohol, it would make sense for him to want to remove that smell with mouthwash. So that's a double entendre. Magazines also have a double meaning. First, it goes with the ammos and clips, but from M's side, it refers to actual magazines for reading, like Newsweek. So maybe while at his lowest point, he was soaked in self-loathing and reading negative articles about himself, but then realized that it doesn't matter what they say, it'll go all out with his music and career. But given how deep into drugs he was, going all out could also mean just continue to spiral down, take drugs, gain weight, and not care what people write about him. And as for the shooter, He's ready to do what he was set to do in the third verse. For the last verse, it's no longer a double entendre in my mind. It's solely from the gunsman's perspective, except for the first four lines, which could still be interpreted as Eminem getting ready for the show. Let's check it out. People start to show up, time to start to show up. It's 10.05 p.m. and the curtain starts to go up and I'm already sweating, but I'm locked and loaded for rapid fire spitting for all the concert goers, scopes for sniper vision. 10.05 p.m. isn't a random time. Indeed, after the shooter used a hammer to break the hotel window, he began shooting at the venue at 10.05 p.m. Once again, showing how accurate Eminem's depiction of the event is in his lyrics. A cool thing during those bars, the current sound you hear in the background, I think it's from the Eminem show skits. Although the intro was called Curtains Up, I feel the sound we hear is more similar to the one we hear in Curtains Closed. You should go back and check it out. Those lines are probably the only lines from this verse that could be seen from Eminem's point of view, because you could picture a low self-esteem Eminem stressing over a show with his palms waiting. And the rapid fire spitting can be seen as actually rapping fast. Although, when Eminem was still on drugs, he didn't really do the fast rapid spitting that he often does now. Let's continue. Surprise from out of nowhere as I slide the clip in from inside the hotel, leaning out the window, going Kaiser Sosa, finger on the trigger, but I'm a licensed owner with no prior convictions. Here we have a case of Slim really twisting the pronunciation of words to make them rhyme. He uses a completely different accent to say the word window, winda, so it rhymes with finger and the last syllable, duh, with soza. 
But there's some very cool rhyming here, like Kaiser Souza with licensed owner, but also inside the hotel and slide the clip in with prior conviction. Amazing writing, yo. Kaiser Souza is a reference to the fictional character and main villain from the classic 1995 movie title The Usual Suspect starring Kevin Spacey. Now I don't want to reveal much because it's a movie you need to see, but here's a brief description of Kaiser Souza. He was said to be a crime lord who killed his own family to send a message to the Hungarian Mafia and then goes on killing them and their family. Basically Anne is saying the shooter is going on a rampage. When Marshall mentions that the shooter is a licensed owner with no prior conviction, it's him trying to show that massacres like that are hard, so hard to predict. The gunman legally bought all those 24 guns found in the room, and at his homes, they found 25 more guns. Not only was he legally owning the guns, he had never been convicted of a crime. In fact, his only recorded interaction with the law was a minor traffic citation. Moving on. For the next four bars, the beat climaxes as the shooting happens. And I know in my review, I said this album was missing moments that gave me chills, but that particular moment did give me chill and still gets me a month after the album has dropped. So loss is sky is the limit, so my supplies are finished, strapped like I'm a soldier. Again, it's Eminem alluding to his belief of gun control because the shooter's arsenal was really like a soldier and with over 5,000 rounds in his possession in the room, might as well say that his supply was unfitted. Got him hopping over walls and climbing fences, some of them John Travolta staying alive by inches. John Travolta is an American actor known for movies such as Grease, Pulp Fiction, or Face Off. He rose to fame with the 1977 movie Saturday Night Fever, which had a sequel called Staying Alive in 1983. Also, the name Travolta could be a play on the word vaulting, B-A-U-L-T-I-N-G, which means to leap vigorously over something, so that goes with hopping over walls. Moving on, final lines. Truth is, I have no idea. I am just a stump, no signs of mental illness. Just trying to show you the reason why I was so fucked. Cause by the time it's over, we'll make the slightest difference. So the end of the song, the way I see it, is still from the shooter's perspective. He himself doesn't know why he did this. At least that's how Eminem sees it. So those final lines are said from the point of view of the shooter, but are made to express Eminem's opinion about mass shooting. Because in this case, the shooter didn't have any signs of mental illness, which is sometimes an argument people will have and say that if you have a history of mental illness, you shouldn't be able to buy guns. But here, that can't apply. That's the reason why we're so fucked. We can't use that to prevent an event like that. That's why at the end of the video, the message is about gun control and gun laws, because there's no reason for someone to own so many weapons like the shooter did. I totally understand the right to have a weapon to defend yourself, but do you really need an automatic rifle, scopes, armor-piercing bullets? I don't think so. And that's what gun control is about. Not removing guns, but restricting the access to some of them. Then when he says by the time it's over it won't make the slightest difference, he's referring to the actual Vegas shooting because after it happened, being the deadliest shooting in the history of the United States, it didn't change a thing. Because since that shooting in October 2017, there have been over 40 mass shootings in the United States. So all M is trying to do is to make us care because nowadays there are so many shootings that we become desensitized to it and quickly forget about it. And that's why Eminem will continue to reference them in his lyrics to shock people to incite us as a society to do something about it. Now, if you live in America, if you care about that stuff and want to make a difference, do like the end of the video says and register to vote at vote.gov. So as a society, we need to do more so we can fear less. And with that said, that was one hell of a song, a masterpiece. 
That's it, folks. That was my breakdown, analysis, reaction to Eminem's darkness. Now, my next video, I'm not sure what I will do. But anyways, leave me comments below. Let me know what you think about this video. Let me know what you want to see. But until my next video, this has been Unabashedly Reggie. Thanks. It's been real.